Welcome to Moving On. Here you will get expert information, tips, and most importantly, the tools to moving on to a healthy, happy, and thriving life that you want to be living. Letting go of whatever is holding you back, whether you are in an unhealthy relationship or learning how to be in a healthy one, or maybe you are in a job that you've been dying to move on from, Learn to let go of what's holding you back and become the thriving, healthy, and happy person that is inside you. Welcome to Moving On. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Moving On, where I talk to someone who is an expert in their field, where they have been through all sorts of, let's say, challenges, you know, life challenges, right? And they've come out of it on the other side to be in this place of success, wherever that happens to be for that individual. And I love sharing these stories because I feel like they're very inspiring and motivating to you guys who are listening. So today I have with me, I'm going to, I'm hoping I'm not going to screw her name up, but I'm going to say it. <laughs> and she can always correct me, but Christina Manlachiani, right? Okay. Perfect. <laughs> Awesome. So let me tell you guys a little bit about her and we'll get started. So she is an entrepreneur, international speaker, and artist. As a co-founder of Mind Valley, she brings her female perspective into the company leadership. As an advocate for happiness within, she takes her kids on trips to the Amazon jungle to recharge or joins groups of entrepreneurs such as Maverick 1000 on Richard Branson's Necker Island. So that's great. And you are definitely speaking to the right audience. So um, so tell me and in, in the audience, when you were a child, what did you want to grow up and be? What did you imagine when you were going to be an adult, what your life would be? Well, when I was a child, I wanted to be a diplomat. And one of the reasons was because I imagined that if you work in the diplomatic service, you'll get to see the world and travel uh, for the context, um, because it might be a little unusual dream. Uh, for the context, I was born and raised in Soviet Union. So it's uh, nowadays there is probably the closest analogy would be North Korea. But uh, it's it was a very close society and we didn't get to... Uh, to interact with the outside world. So that was the reason why I wanted to be a diplomat. I just wanted, I wanted to get out. <laughs> That's one way to do it, to be a diplomat. Plus you must have wanted, I don't know, maybe world peace because you wanted to be a diplomat, right? That's, that's an interesting thing. I think I was an idealist and that was a curious side effect of being uh, raised in the Soviet um, Soviet. Um, not mentality so much, but maybe the doctrine of Soviet Union. And, um, you know, you can't really uh, maintain a country like that without making uh, people believe that sometimes their personal needs have to give space to something which is bigger than them. And, you know, this altruistic idea that uh, the good of the society is more important than your own good. So, of course, I wanted world peace, but mostly because we were terrified that Americans might throw a nuclear bomb at us. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap. What a way to live. But you know what? I guess they do that all over the world. You know, it's kind of yes. like somebody's waiting for some bomb to hit. What a yeah. What a wonderful way to live. Right. Um, and so obviously then that is not what happened, but 
Was there anything else that you would say when you were young, when, whether as a child or as a teenager, that really set you on a path to adulthood? You know, like sometimes we come across events that happen that sort of shape us and make mm -hmm. us go, you know what, this is changing me and this is changing the direction of things for me. Was there anything mm -hmm. like that for you? Well, it's... um. It, it is an idea that a lot of us like that there is this one big event that kind of shapes your life in the future. At least that's how entertainment is built. You know, you wouldn't watch a movie about a regular uh, quiet life <laughs> that takes you from point A to point B being uh, birth to death. But uh, for in my case, for sure, the fall of Soviet Union was this one thing that changed everything uh, because uh, just what I'm doing right now wouldn't have been possible. Uh, but uh, I would say that I have a pretty regular life uh, without any big shocks. But what set me on the path of my future was probably my upbringing and my parents. <laughs> mm -hmm. I have thought, I have given thought to that. And I think uh, my parents in some natural, weird way gave me what I needed for, for life uh, because I don't think they were, they, they were ever educated how to raise children. Uh, so they just did their best. So I, I, I praise my parents foremost. And then, of course, as life went on, there were other people who came into my life and who, who, who um, helped me move along. Um, mm -hmm. but no, I haven't had a huge shocking event, although it sounds probably so funny. Yeah, the fall of Soviet Union. But no, otherwise, I didn't have anything major. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I can understand that. Yeah, that's nothing too big. Nothing too big. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there's, and I say that I totally agree with you, by the way, about whole entertainment works and entertainment being, you know, the great event. And of course, then your life is a fairy tale, right? And then it's like, oh, everything magically comes together. So, you know, obviously you left the Soviet Union, so you didn't leave to be a diplomat. What was it that brought you out of the Soviet Union? Well, I didn't leave it. <laughs> My country oh. did. <laughs> okay. well, it, it collapsed and uh, we were lucky because in Estonia we did things right, apparently, because we uh, managed to, to join uh, all the other developed civilized nations. And by civilized, I mean nations which actually care about human life and human rights and human dignity. Uh, and um, yeah, that's, that's what took me out of there. Um, but surprisingly, when I was 25, I married and I ended up in Malaysia. <laughs> and that wow. was, yes, that was an interesting turn of events because um, while Malaysia is economically developed, uh, when it comes to, to other issues, uh, it's it's not uh, it's it's very far from from Europe and we we uh, had European ideals uh, ahead of us as as a country so that that was what what we aspired for so going to Asia which is much more traditional which has very different opinion and ideas about uh, human rights um, that was. Uh, I would say a painful transition at some point. And I was thinking, why, why did I have to survive the fall of Soviet Union to discover myself in a country where there are so many things which are not right? That is interesting. What was it that brought you guys to Malaysia? Well, uh, my ex-husband, Vishen, uh, he is Malaysian. So we went back to his family. That's, that was ah. the reason, yes. It's uh, interesting. I've I've gone with the flow quite a lot through my life. It's we think that we make so many choices, but sometimes um, w the only choice we have is how to deal with the situation that you are given. Not so much. It's it's an illusion. Sometimes I think it is an illusion to imagine that you 
you choose everything. You, you get to choose how to react to what happens to you. That's what you get to choose. Yeah. You get to choose whether you accept it or not, mm. you know, whether you're going to struggle with it, right. Or you're going to say, okay, this is how it is and then live your life. But, um, so you were there and then what was the deal? Like, were you, I mean, you were there with his family. So were you guys thinking, okay, we're going to start Mind Valley, or did that just happen? Like, how did we that had started start? Mind Valley before we moved to Malaysia. Oh, so we had started. It. We uh, I lived uh, a year in New York uh, with Vision. Uh, he had lived in U.S. Uh, much longer be because he he studied there in the university. Uh, I studied in Europe throughout. So uh, we lived in New York for a year, and then we moved back to Malaysia because of um, it, you know it was in the early two thousand. So. Uh, it was still very fresh after September 11, and uh, Vision coming from a Muslim country was having a lot of problems um, surviving in U.S. in the sense that he was constantly being checked and, and questioned for, for ridiculous reasons. So it just became unbearable at some point, and we decided to move somewhere. Estonia wasn't in the question then because we had just gotten out of the Soviet Union, so it was still... Uh, developing and um yeah we chose we chose as a family to move back to malaysia at least the climate was good <laughs> and still is <laughs> i guess there is that good part right so okay so you guys moved to malaysia so then you just did your work from there um, I'm, I'm so entertained as i'm telling you all these stories i'm realizing it's not as regular <laughs> but i don't really? think that anything in my life was uh, had a shocking value for that matter yeah, I don't, you know, it's funny because I think you can take almost anybody's life and you can find events that shape us, right? That make you go, okay, I do want to do that again, or I don't want to do that again, or it set you on a different path. And so, you know, the thing with Mind Valley, um, and then you guys obviously ran that together as long as you were married, right? And are you still involved with that or are you not involved? Yes, yes, we, uh, we are. Uh, good friends. Uh, we parent together. We uh, actually Vision moved to Estonia after I decided to move back to Estonia. So we it's it's all fine, and we're still working together in Mind Valley. But you know, I have my own theory about that. I um, I, I have the theory that it is not the big decisions that shape our life, uh, because we can uh, think of someone who has. Uh, made pretty much similar choices to us, uh, be it career, education, family setup, which uh, environment they live in, whether it's city or countryside. But the quality of life is actually shaped by the little decisions we take on a daily basis. And they're way more than, than if you think of your life, there's probably like a dozen or maybe a few dozen huge things that that you would take a decision and then you realize it's an important decision, like which university to go to study, you know, who I wanted to be as a kid and all that. Should I marry or not? Should I have a child? But in reality, uh, they're like cornerstones in a way, but your everyday experience is shaped by the little decisions that you take in your life. And uh, scientists don't know the number of little decisions that we take. They actually argue about that. Nobody has actually seriously researched, but it's anywhere in the thousands, not even the hundreds, but the thousands. Uh, if you take uh, not just decisions of what to wear, what to eat, how to move around, but also decisions how to react to things. For example, a colleague says something sharp to you. How do you react? How do you to interpret it? These are all decisions. And I believe that these decisions are way more important. We sometimes disregard them because yes you can make a mistake and nothing wrong will happen if you marry the wrong person that's going to be a little bit more um, maybe painful but everyday life is still shaped by how you take it 
Yeah, it's funny. There's a whole thing about decision fatigue because you do have so many little decisions that you make. And then um, I've also read, and I actually had a friend, he is a lawyer who had a, a, a law firm and he would wear basically one color of shirt and one color of pants because he didn't want to have to make the decision in the morning because he followed that whole thing about how many decisions do I make? Yeah. He would wear basically the same thing or a variety of black t-shirts and a variety of jeans, right? Every day. So he never really had to think, oh, what am I going to wear today? That's why we have rituals and traditions in our life, because that simplifies. We switch on autopilot. Uh, like we, we usually take shower the same way. We don't think uh, right. and we can think about something else because decision fatigue is a real thing. And it, uh, it exhausts. It's, it's research. Decision fatigue is research. It actually exhausts your body. So after you take a rest in the morning, you, you take much better decisions. In fact, they suggest that the most important decisions in your life should be taken when you're fresh and, and rested. Uh, but the interesting thing, and this is, you know, I, the, the thing with me, I don't believe in absolutes. And, you know, what's true in one situation may be completely the opposite in another situation. So while um, rituals and traditions are really good uh, for you to uh, clear up space for important decisions, that's why um, we make them. But autopilot is also a tricky thing uh, because in, initially you create a ritual, but then you do it on the pilot, you tweak a little bit, you know, like uh, evolution in a way. And mm -hmm. after a while, you forget that it was a choice at some point and it starts running you because we create habits, but then habits create us and create our life. So unless we bring back uh, awareness into that process every once in a while, there is actually a chance of doing something without even questioning, without even looking, does it still serve you? Or maybe it's, it's an old pattern which should be abandoned. Yeah, that's, um, you know, something that in my podcast where I, I speak to that as well. And the thing is, for a lot of us, it's our conditioning where you made unconscious choices. You didn't realize as a little kid, you were making choices that sort yes. of set you on a path with, you know, how you would respond to things or what you would choose to do. Oh, that scary event happened. I don't really think I want to go do that again. Mm -hmm. So then you become an adult and you carry these things through. And, and it's interesting because getting off of autopilot, I believe is a choice, but a lot of people don't want to make that choice. And mm -hmm. I mean, it's something that I look at, yeah, I don't have 24 seven awareness, but I have a lot of awareness. And that is one thing where I go, Okay, people, if you just want to become aware, you could change your life. Mm. I also believe that awareness is the, absolutely the most basic, most important uh, quality, not quality, habit, mm -hmm. skill uh, in personal growth and transformation. Having been in this industry for 20 years, I think it all starts from that. Because you can call it different names, but any teaching will start with you paying attention to what's going on right now before you start changing anything. And I have never questioned why do people, um, why people are afraid to switch off autopilot. I've never actually questioned it. So I haven't given it much thought, but you're right in one thing, which is a little bit concerning that a lot of our patterns are not as obvious as what you eat, how you wash, how you move. It's not, these patterns are very obvious. They are on the surface. It's easy to notice. Oh, I have bad eating habits. It's super easy to notice. But when you have bad um, emotional habits <laughs> or emotional management habits, then these, these patterns are not noticeable. You say, no, but my life is stressful. My work is stressful. My uh, boss is, uh, you know, a jerk or whatever, without realizing that very often it's your pattern, not, <laughs> not the circumstances. Right. Right. And that's the thing that I think most people don't realize. And 
<clears throat> they don't realize that they have certain beliefs and that the patterns are basically upholding the beliefs. And I think that it's important to for people to understand that happiness is not an external thing. Like I'm all about the intrinsic motivation and, you know, and understanding and breaking patterns. And I think that most of us overthink this because we're <laughs> afraid of letting go, you know, of losing something that we don't have control of anyway. Mm. So for you, what would you say in your own life? Like what are some examples or stories that you can share about, you know, how, you have been able to, let's say, break through some of your own habits, your own patterns, you know, and why, why would you want to, you know, because that's to me, it's always what's your motivator? Is it intrinsic mm -hmm. or extrinsic? If it's intrinsic, then it's coming from a place of, Hey, I want to be happy. I don't want to be miserable. So, you know, for you, what would that look like? Like what story could you share with us about that? Uh, as, as you were asking, I was trying to think of something, but I don't think I've, uh, struggled with uh, changing my mind too much. Mm -hmm. uh, I believe that uh, my fuel is curiosity to a great degree. So yes, sometimes I have felt myself uh, stuck in the dead end. I think it all, uh, it happens to all of us from time mm -hmm. to time. And I've I have felt um, that I'm in, I like to call it a deep, dark tunnel. It's when when you're crawling somewhere or digging somewhere, but you don't know where and you're not sure if there is like, you know, if, if there's the outside at all. So I've had these situations, but when it comes to beliefs, to um, to my worldviews, to how, how I operate, mm -hmm. um, I was lucky to be quite... Uh, okay with one very simple idea i might be wrong and uh there is no absolute in life i right. i think it must come from the fact that i was brought up in one system and then when i was 14 i was a teenager uh the system collapsed and i had to adapt to a completely different worldview um, you know, coming from from Soviet Union, which is one still, I believe, with, with North Korea and China and everyone out there, I, I still think Soviet U Union had done communism to the degree that nobody ever uh, did. Uh -huh. um, and then uh, moving into a very liberal, um, free um, society that required uh, ability to adapt. So mm -hmm. and, and and that also was interesting experience because at uh, when you're a teenager you you are still okay to learn and to uh, admit that things may change. So if if before we were told that you know money is evil and <laughs> and uh, Western Western world is um, uh, exploiting those who are poor and everything like this, then. Uh, getting out of the system and seeing that that's not exactly what's going on and either either you were being lied to uh, all your life or or you, or the reality is not what it is you you really have no choice but just to accept to admit the idea that that everything changes and you might be wrong any moment of the time and it's okay there's nothing wrong about being wrong per se right. what's much worse is to be stuck is not to have the courage and the curiosity to try to figure out, so what's the truth? At least what's your truth? Like, I don't, I don't profess that I know universal truth, but there are truths which I adopt and which I follow. They're my truths. I call them my truths. And uh, I'm flexible with my truths because my life has taught me that I might be wrong. And I think this is the most important uh, driver in my, in my transformation. I think that's great because I think 
you know, it's funny when you're young, you think you know everything, you know, <laughs> right? It's, oh, I know everything. But the older you get, I, I believe the less you think you know, you know, you know, because you've been, oh, well, I thought it was this way. Oh, nope, it's that way. And I think it's really all in how you handle it. Like you said about, you know, how your, what your response is to things in life. And so what do you feel when it comes to the idea that you are separate from your circumstances or your circumstances control what you say and what you do, excluding anything life-threatening, by the way? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, we create, we, we get to create a lot in our lives for sure. Uh, provided that we actually have the life, because that is the first uncertain thing, <laughs> unfortunately. And uh, and it's really hard for me to even think of that um, of that question without admitting that nothing is uh, given and nothing is for granted, and uh, and there is um, an end to life. Uh, in uh, in February. Uh, you know, the war started um, between the two countries which were part of Soviet Union. Uh, I mean, Russia attacked Ukraine and and we being um, on the side of of, uh, of this front line uh, feel very uh, scared and too close to this conflict. So I remember in March, I was worried not so much for my own life, but for my children, because I had made a choice to move from Malaysia to, to Estonia. And I felt such a... Um, such a scary thought that uh, what if I had brought my children closer to danger rather than uh, protecting them from it. Um, and, and it was scary and it gave me a lot of anxiety, like a lot of people around here. Um, until one moment I realized that there is no uh, guarantee of anything. There's no guarantee of the next day coming, ever. And the only thing you can do rather than worry about that is enjoy what you have right now. And it was so strong in my mind. I think that uh, another big thing that happened in my life, which actually changed quite a lot, was the war that started um, this year. And uh, it made me re uh, rethink so many things. So many things which seemed to be important suddenly became so irrelevant. And other things which I took for granted, like, uh, you know, peace, uh, clean skies without threats, um, children uh, in my life, you know, being healthy and, and happy and going to school, I suddenly realized that all those things that I used to take for granted that I didn't even notice are the most important things in life. Because tomorrow there may be no life. And, um, and all we have is today, this moment. I would totally agree with you on that. So in saying that, how, I mean, if you were to look at your life earlier this year, you know, maybe in January or prior, even though we've had COVID. So that's like brought a whole, you know, other deal of circumstances. But, you know, when you say that, so would you say that you're more appreciative now? And then how does that show up in your life? I'm more appreciative now. And I'm also trying not to uh, go too far into the future with my worries. Of course, I have plans and I have expectations of the future and uh, I have goals. Although I just recently heard this uh this um, quote from from Ted, uh, Ted talk, uh, the lady said, I, I don't have goals. I have um, I have uh, uh, dreams. Uh, they are the same as goals, but without the work. <laughs> and I, I maybe I may be slightly paraphrasing it, but that, that's the idea. <laughs> 
I really that. loved it. <laughs> it resonated with me quite a bit. Uh, so yeah, I I do have uh, things to move forward to, but uh, when it comes to to worries, to anxieties, and to uh, to being afraid of things, that I try not to not to plan too far ahead, because that's that's. That's just the daily choice I get to make to not uh, poison what I have right now with worry about what might happen tomorrow. I think that's a great way to live. And I think that, um, you know, if people listening, you know, when you look at your life and you look at the struggle you're in, because most people are struggling with something, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you think about, well, am I struggling with something that I think might happen or might turn out how I don't want it to? Or am I really struggling with something that I even need to struggle with at all? Like Mm -hmm. to me, I, you know, struggle is a big thing when I, when I look at my own life and I know for other people, and what I mean by that is it's something I don't want to spend time doing because Mm -hmm. like you said, we only have so much time and Mm -hmm. to spend it in a state of struggle, I think is such, I want to say it's a waste, but you can't just snap your fingers and go, I'm not going to struggle with that anymore. You know, so, you know, (laughs) well, uh, for a lot of people, you can't when you're attached to something, when you're attached to something that's very difficult. It's it's interesting how letting go is one of the most important skills in life. Mm -hmm. Yet it seems to be so hard because we put so much effort into learning how to let go. But let go is the opposite of effort. It's the opposite of of doing anything. It's it's exactly what you're not supposed to do. And that's, uh, I, I get it though, because I'm a perfectionist and I was a straight A student all my childhood. So I understand we, we uh, perfectionists uh, are very good at uh, putting a lot of effort into things that matter. Uh, so I want to quote uh, Oscar Wilde, who was a wise man. He said, life is too important to be taken seriously. <laughs> that's so true. So tell us, because Christina, you brought a book that is coming out with you. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the book that you've written and, you know, what was the impetus behind it and what's it about? So the book is called Becoming Flossom and it's about um, finding a way back to you. Uh, That's probably the easiest way to describe it. Uh, I actually, you know what, I've been in personal growth and transformation industry for 20 years and worked with some of the best authors in the world. And for a long time, people were telling me, you have to write a book. It's part of your business model. But also I'm writing, I've written a book about being yourself. So (laughs) it was very hard for me to, to write something just because I have to. So this book is really my baby. It's a journey. It's my baby. I'm very obstinate with that. Today, I spent the whole day going through the edits from one of my publishers and and obstinately refusing to accept accept a lot of a lot of them uh-huh. uh, so it's it's the book about uh finding your way back as in um discovering who you really are uh we often think that we know mm-hmm. but that's the nature of delusion when you're delusional you don't know that you are so uh it's uh, about finding uh courage to Uh, discover yourself the way you really are with not just this facade that you want to show to the world uh, but with all the uh, dark uh, dark scary corners (laughs) Mm -hmm. I I like to call them your uh, your dungeon and your attic where you have your dragons hiding (laughs) Mm -hmm. so it's about uh, finding courage to to discover the true you and not just that but to accept and love yourself the way you are and also to find strength in the things that maybe make you feel uncomfortable right now that's lovely and so when is it coming out 
Oh, unfortunately, it's next year only. I can't wait. <laughs> I'm so impatient, but good things have to have to take some time. So mm -hmm. it's going to be next year. Um, I'm working with a big publisher, so it will be. Uh, I hope it will be um, loud and clear when it comes out. <laughs> I'm sure it will be. And is there a place that people can pre-order? Is there pre-orders yet or no? We, we haven't started doing pre-sales yet, but we do have a waiting list. So if people go to my site, it's christinamount.com slash book. Uh, you 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 can leave your your email and I'll let you know. I'm not uh, having come from marketing background. I've done marketing for 15 years before I decided to cross over to being a writer. Um, I can guarantee that I'm only going to let you know when the book is coming out and that's about it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's good. I know. It's like every time I sign up for something, I know. Newsletter, and I'm like, I don't even read this. Why do I do this? You know, I just fill my box and then I think why, but anyways, if it's content though, that's worthy. I think that that's always True. a good thing. So, um, is there anything that you would like to leave the audience with before we go as far as you know, any tips or anything you feel that you want to impart wisdom upon to them? Is there anything else? <laughs> I could take another hour sharing. <laughs> but you know what? I'll uh, end, since I like quotes, <laughs> I'll end with a quote from a movie Cinderella. <laughs> okay. So Cinderella's mother, uh, when she was dying, she left Cinderella with, um, with, uh, with her wisdom. She said, have courage and be kind. And I think that's uh, probably the best you can do for yourself in the world. I love that. And that is so true. And I agree. So anyways, Christina, this has been a lovely talk. And I know my audience has probably gotten a lot from it. And you guys go out there and check out her website. Again, it's Christina Mann slash book that they would be signing up for to get on the Christina way to com slash book. Okay. Yeah, it's it. Christina with a K. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. And plus, they can see your name here, too. Well, I guess if they're listening. They're listening on audio. They can't. But yeah, it is. And you guys, um, if you have any questions or anything, you can always send us an email as well. Um, Christina, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you, everyone who was listening. Absolutely. All right, you guys, you take care and I'll see you next time. Bye bye. For more information about Tracy and her programs and to set up a discovery session, email happiness at tracycrossley.com. That's happiness at tracycrossley.com or go to the website for more information. And thank you for tuning in to Moving On.